Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Hello, Christ and all. This is Fearless in Devotion, sponsored by the Fat Boar. Well, well, well. Wrexham 3, Stockport 0. What a game. What a result. Uh, Andy Gilpin's had a dreadful week. He's lost a tough. He's had to fork out thousands of pounds. I haven't lost a tooth. I haven't lost... This is a planned dental appointment. It's not... A, it's, not we, it's not me waking up and my tooth just falling out, is it? This is a £450 London extraction, this, mate. Absolutely... <laughs> textbook dental work it's not about my tooth only carry on about only 450 pound <laughs> well, that's just the extraction the, the implant's going to cost me two grand so if you think you're all getting fanzine money <laughs> that, well, that, that was the point i was making andy's had a terrible week he's he's a couple of grand down and the boys pulled it out the bag what was it like what selling the fanzine Oh, the game. The game was absolutely superb. So glad I came up. We absolutely demolished them. Proper professional job. The sort of job that people have been doing on us for the last 10 years when they get want to get promoted. Can't be, can't be any more than happy about that. Every department did their job. <clears throat> one thing I do want to say, one thing for Bryce Hosanna. Probably our best game for us. Uh, took his took his opponent on, was very quietly effective in everything he did. And the other person I want to sort of praise, you know, Palmer all day long, Mullin all day long, but the other one, Dibble. I think, you know, he he had a shaky 20 minutes, but he somehow managed to get, get a clean sheet. So, you know, fair play to the lad. Well done. Tim, what was it like in the, in the tech end? It looked um, raucous, to say the least. Oh, it was, you know, it was as close to a... European atmosphere you can have on North Walian shores as you're ever going to get. I think it was just, it was just electric. But there was there was people singing, queuing up to get in. So you kind of like got an idea from there what it was going to be like. And most people are taking their seats well in advance of kickoff, which is really good. And the atmosphere was just amazing. Really, it, you know, it was a bit of a bit of a sing off standoff. You know, they can be loud, we'll go louder, and it was just. I mean, you, if, if you play back the first goal in BT Sport, when it goes in, their microphone can't actually handle the roar. It's just almost like white noise. Incredible. So it was, I mean, you know, we keep going on about it, fifth division, 10,000 fans, but forget all those sort of niceties. The fact of the matter is that people stood up to be counted when it matters, both on and off the pitch. And it was just unbelievable. And more more nights like that, please. You know, there, there was people there today who said that was the best atmosphere since the European adventures. You know, when there was less than half that sort of attendance, but there was still that special buzz in the air. Before we introduce the first of our two special guests on this special podcast, Liam, very quickly, highlight of the game for you. Um, so I've got a confession to make. I missed the second and third goals because I was second and third. Because I was queuing for food, and that's how long it took me to get there. So, but I don't care because I was there, 
and everyone under the concourse was going absolutely mental. I, I pegged it out with a queue into a crowd of people for the second goal, and there was beer flying everywhere. <laughs> it was just absolutely, absolutely amazing, though. Um, so the highlight was which, the burger, which took you 20 minutes yeah, to get <laughs> one, one highlight that I did want to mention, though, is that I've just seen the story behind it on Facebook is just before Ben Tozer throws in the first throwing straight onto Ali Palmer's head. He was talking to Kerry, the disability liaison officer, sort of toweling down the ball. And I wasn't sure what he said. I've gone on Facebook and apparently he said to her, this one's for you, and then stuck it right on Palmer's head. I was like, that is pretty special. Love that. Well, um, at least you saw the, the, the first goal, Liam. But let's introduce the first of two special guests tonight, Tommy Presspass. You may know him as Tommy Kaus. Well, what is actually your full name? Tom Lewis, isn't it? No one knows you as that. Yeah, Thomas Wynn Lewis. Uh, my nine calls me that when I've done something wrong. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah Tommy Kaus. I quite like Tommy Kaus. I've grown to love it now. I haven't, I haven't worked in a cheese-based environment for about seven years, but I'm still enjoying the nickname. <laughs> no, no. Well, we should introduce you for anyone who doesn't know. You are the one of the Rex and reporters for the Daily Post. Did I got your title right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the uh, re- the Premier Wrexham reporter, <laughs> if you don't mind. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and podcast whore. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking to you guys in what will be uh, the first of my seven podcasts tonight. Wow. <laughs> well, how how was that for you, Tommy? Following it, obviously professionally, but you know, you're a fan as well, obviously, as we all know. Yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant today. I just spoke to Tim before and saying, um, you know, it, it really does feel like uh, something special is happening at the moment, and it has done for quite a few months now. Uh, sort of felt it building. Uh, that's been reflected in the atmospheres, in the crowds. I mean, the crowds have been fantastic all season, haven't they? But um, no, today was was a special day, and um, it's just incredible how we've just all become accustomed to those sort of attendances and those sort of atmospheres now it's it's crazy it feels like every week it's just an electric atmosphere but but even by this season standards today was was pretty special right you say it's a special atmosphere is there any way that we could ever make that atmosphere more special is there anything we could do to the ground to make that better <laughs> well <laughs> that was seamless. That was that was that was, um, that was fantastic. I did think. Do you know what? That's that's how uh, slow I am on the uptake. For the first half of it, I was thinking, "Where's he going with this now?" But um, yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that, Andrew Gilpin, because um, I'd like to talk to you about a um, a famous stand which uh, I'm sure you've all stood on in the past, um, called the Cop. Uh, the best cop. There's many cops all over uh, the UK and indeed the world, but I don't think I'm being too biased in saying ours is the best uh, or was the best. Um, and we need it back, basically. So, you know, let's shall I shall I go straight into it? Shall I tell you about the campaign that's that's yeah, kicking off? Yeah, do that. Please do. do that. A bit of background. So tomorrow or today, for when this is coming out, the Daily Post is launching a launching a campaign which is backed by a. Uh, by the club, it's backed by the uh, council, it's backed by a few people, but it's got one special objective. Tell me, tell me what that is, Tommy, and tell me why it's so special and why why the people of North Wales and the Daily Post are well behind this. 
Yeah, like you say, Andy, like, um, there's a lot of people behind this. Uh, Got to give a big shout out to uh, Mickey Thomas and Malcolm Allen as well, who are uh, firmly behind it. They're, they're the two big uh, big footballers, really, the big name footballers who are behind it. But um, no, I mean, you know, as at the post, we're, we're, we're massively behind it. It's basically, um, it's it's a Wrexham Council campaign that we're, that we're firmly behind and we're backing to try and get the levelling up funding um, to uh, to redevelop the cop end of the race course, um, you know this it's it's been laying there dormant for for far too long now, and we haven't had uh, major international competitive international sporting events in the north for a long time. Um, so we're launching a campaign called Stadium of Stadium for the North, not Stadium of the North, Stadium for the North, and um, and yeah, we're we're hoping to get this leveling up funding now. This funding will be going to somewhere in the UK. So why not here? We we feel like we're, we're quite shortchanged in North Wales. We, we don't get a lot of uh, funding, really, especially from Westminster. But um, but we feel that, um, you know, we, we've we've got to put a good campaign together. And, uh, and you know, sport can, can unite a lot of people, as we know, football, rugby. It would be fantastic for the North of Wales just to have that cop end redeveloped and turn the race course into a four-sided stadium that um, Wrexham fans, Wales fans, North Walians can all be proud of, basically. Yeah, I think it's important to say what the end game here is. What what we want to do is get enough people to sign. Um, I mean, for, for layman's terms, it's, it's, a, it's a petition, but, you know, what we want to do is get people to show interest in getting Wrexham a 5,500-seater stadium with a bit of government funding on top of what you know the Welsh government might put in and what on top of what the council might put in, and to have like a fully functioning stadium. And that, you know, you saw it today. We all saw it today. The stadium was absolutely rocking. Imagine if we could put a brand new stand in on that. And I think the one other thing I think is quite important to say. There's some people. Some people might sort of say, well, you know, why do you need government money? You've got Hollywood owners. This isn't for them to put money in. This is not for them to build a stadium for us. We've got to put our own house in order a little bit. And if there's any way that we can get some a bit of extra cash from the UK government to help us help us make that stand a little bit better, I think we need to really work on that. Don't don't we, Tommy? And I think we I think it's great that the posts are behind this. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Couldn't have said that better myself. But um, yeah, like, and, and also it's part of the wider project, isn't it? The Wrexham Gateway. It's going to have a knock-on effect. It's going to help businesses in the area, stuff like that. So, so I think I just think this is something that you know, the whole of Wales, really, not just North Wales, not just the Wrexham area. It'd be great to see uh, support from all all areas of Wales uh, and get behind it. And and like you say, just have this uh, four-sided ground. I mean. You know, it's crazy that we've uh, we've had a three-sided ground since what was it, lads? Two thousand and eight, I think it was two thousand and eight when the cop shirt wasn't it? It's two thousand nine. It might have been, was it? Boston. Can anyone remember it being? It was. Yeah, I was there. Boston game. Yeah, obviously. And and but we had the first season of the conference with it open. I think didn't we? So maybe two thousand nine. I'm not sure. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, you, you might be right there, Reese. I think, but but basically, it's however long it is. It's it's too long, and uh, you know, just like it's been too long that we've been in the conference, but. You know, I think, um, yeah, this this is a campaign. It's a really positive campaign. 
Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, we're going to find out more. There's a press conference and stuff like that. I'm not sure when this this podcast is going out, boys. But you know, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully, um, you'll have learned a lot more from the uh, the press conference from the race course. Yeah, I think um, yeah. So t- tomorrow we go live. Um, you mean today we go live? People listen oh, to yeah. this because <laughs> uh, um, we are we are on Monday, aren't we? Not a bleary-eyed Sunday night after a few beers. So, yeah, it's going to go live tomorrow. As I say, uh, the end game is to get a a new stand. And what we need you guys to do is once you see the uh, sort of um, the sort of press release and you sort of see where where this is going, is to go to a a website which we set up and just sign it. And that's what you need to do. That's all you need to do. It's not going to cost you anything. Just sign up and say, I want a cop stand in North Wales. And it's going to help half a country. It's going to help the whole Northwest to get to get that to get that stadium back to its former glory. Yeah, like you say, it'll take you two minutes just to get in there, sign it, and and the more signatures we can get, and um, and obviously, you know, we want to deliver. Uh, those signatures to um, and you know hopefully we can get thousands and thousands tens of thousands I mean a hundred thousand would be fantastic but you know however many we get the more the merrier and um, and yeah just just to really run a positive campaign to get this funding like I say somewhere in the UK will get this funding why shouldn't it be us we should we should have uh, a stadium to be proud of here in uh, in North Wales and um and yeah, just inspire the future generation. We've seen what can happen with Gareth Bale and Co in the Euros and stuff like that. How it's improved the uh, grassroots football and participation. So um, yeah, I, th- I just think it would be a fantastic asset to the town and to North Wales as well. So yeah, just get signing, and I'm sure you guys can put a link or something in, or you know, can, can we can we do it underneath my finger there now or something like that? Other way, other way, mate, other way. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the added benefit stand. is we'd all we'd all uh, maybe we'd all get a ticket then as well for those of us who aren't uh, blessed with season tickets. But um, how what a good time though maybe. Why don't we go around the group quickly, briefly? Who your favourite cop memory, Tim? Why don't you go first? Ah, uh, well, I mean, the most obvious one feels like it was it was Arsenal. That's the most obvious one. But I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of something that that was higher up the list in terms of you know when you're a lot older and you can remember things a lot better. So I don't know. You know, it's, uh, come back to me because even though I've put the idea in your head, come back right. to me. Think of just to, just, to, just to give you a little bit of insight into what happened there. Tim has messaged me saying, "Let's do favorite cop memory." <laughs> so I've asked Tim, "What's your favorite cop memory?" And Tim doesn't have one. He just wet. I do. I've got right, two I'll, 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 down. I'll, I'll go first. Lifting the lid on the magic here. How the magic happened. What do you mean we don't go then? Go on, Yeah, I mean, it's not a specific game, but me growing up, watching Gary Bennett score and him jumping on the on the hoardings and just going like that, just going like that, getting the whole the whole cop up. I mean, I used to, I, me and Tommy talked about this earlier, but my sort of earliest sort of cop memories when I was allowed to go to the game on my own, me making two of my, two or three of my mates coming in, getting in at half two, doing the same barrier. It's around about 2000, sorry, 94, 95. Your, uh, your internet's a bit toothless. Um, <laughs> 
All right, sorry, my mum and dad's internet. The internet in Penacai is bloody terrible, isn't it? <laughs> if in well, doubt, we parents. got we we got the gist. Go on, Tim. You go. Tell us yours now. Ian Jacko Roberts has to be Jacko, um, much missed voice of the cop. Um, it was just part of of growing up. As soon as you heard that that voice of his, very unique voice, very very unique guy, lovely man, massive like Wrexham. Wrexham to the very end and just a really 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 great guy he was the always one that always the person that that got the atmosphere going um funny as hell everywhere everywhere you went to watch Wrexham he was there and he was just a, a lovely guy just a bundle of joy he's much missed and I'd love to know what he'd make of uh of today that's for sure yeah well said Liam what about you um, mine is, I feel like there are not many of these were actually about football matches, but again, mine was, we were playing Brighton um, and it was around the time we were at Poo Creek, to put it politely, without, and we didn't have any oars. Um, and it was when the protests were going on against Mark Gutterman. I just always remember they they joined in with every chant. I think there was a song sheet was given out before the match or something. And they were joining in with, uh, he's fat, he's round, he only wants your ground and all that. And after the match, just like loads of us just stepped off the cot, uh, walked across the pitch and just gave them a massive round of applause. It's like, I know football's a tribal game and it's great to have rivalries, but that was a, that was a special moment for me. Yeah, nice. Before Tommy comes in, I'll just give mine. It's got to be Boston for me. Uh, that was really special. We'd driven up um, that morning. How old was I? I think I was uh, 2008. I'd have been 15, 2007. I'd been 15. We drove up that morning all the way from Swansea, uh, and I think I could pinpoint a moment because it's got to be Chrissy Thewillian's goal because that was the one to put us 2-1 up and in the, in the 87th, 88th minute, whatever it was, and it's like, right, we're safe now. That was really special. Uh, and obviously, it was absolutely packed and to a 15-0, that was just amazing. Yeah, what about you, Tommy? Yeah, I, you've stolen my thunder there, Rhys. I, I was going to say exactly the same. Yeah, Boston. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it feels strange, doesn't it? Just celebrating, sort of staying up in the football league. Like, but, and, you know, eventually, I mean, it was a waste of time, basically, because <laughs> we went down anyway. But, you know, yeah, no, same for me, though. And it was absolutely brilliant, packed yeah. cop. And, uh, yeah, Chris, Chris Llewellyn uh, losing his shirt as well. Yeah, and, uh, pl- playing in just a red vest and all that. But uh, no, Tim, I-, I like what you said about Jacko as well. Because when I was, you know, I think I first started going on the cop on my own when I was about 15, something like that. I used to get the bus from Denby, took about four years to get there. <laughs> and um, we used to uh, used to get there, you know, in those days you were 15, but you could, you could have a couple of pints and stuff like that. There was no such thing as ID in those days, the glory days. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't be arrested for that like retrospectively, can I, Tim? You know what no, about absolutely them? not. I'm off the clock. Oh, they are, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, just just great memories of Jacko at the back then. You know, he was such a hero to, to everyone, wasn't he? Because you could sort of and later on I, I noticed when I sort of sat in other places in the ground, I sort of went to the far end of the Mold Road stand when I was going through my um wannabe hooligan years. Um and you could hear Jacko. From the far end of the Mold Road stand, you could hear his voice from the back of the cop, all the way to the Mold Road Road stand. So, uh, yeah, absolute legend of a bloke, and um, yeah, just so many fond memories of the cop. Like, like I say, it's it's just uh, just fantastic nostalgia, and you know, there's going to be uh, we're going to make some new memories there. Hopefully, it's going to be some good times next few years. Yeah, so make sure you get signing that petition. 
Absolutely. A, a lad sort of growing up in Denby and I mean, how sort of how sort of known was Jacko? How sort of like did you guys sort of well, obviously because you know I, I knew him because he was he, he was down down the road from me in Aperavire and he was a bit of a bit of a legend around here. But it, was that the same for the rest of North Wales? Do you think? I, I, possibly not. No, possibly not. I'd have to say, but I think I think like obviously you know a gang of us used to come from Denby and stuff and. You know, we'd always say like, "Oh, that, that that's Jacko." Like, you know what I mean? We're just just from going on the cop, everyone on that cop, like literally every single person on in that stand knew who Jacko was. So it was like, and you know, you'd see him like walk in, and he was almost like it was it was so funny. Like, you know, he was almost like a godlike figure. You sort of see him coming. Oh, Jacko's here! Now the atmosphere is going to start. You know, it was absolutely what an absolute. Do they, do they say the same thing about Tommy Cows when he walks into the race course now? Do you think? Just, just when I walk into the turf, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, because you know I end up going, um, you know, uh, it's three weeks away from paying my tab. So yeah, I'll get around in. Yeah, no worries. But um, yeah, never paid cash. But uh, no, it's uh, you know I, I couldn't, I couldn't even dream of uh, of reaching um, Jacko's level of. Uh, of hero worship. If I if I can re- if I can reach Jacko's level, I'd be a very happy man. Tim, just yes. be- just before we move on, are the chances good now as they as they used to be under Jacko? Um, no, no. But that, I mean that that's just a, a an old wizened view of matters, isn't it? I mean, you you can't you can't knock the efforts that that are being made, and that there is another group that have. That are trying to mobilise at the moment to to look into, you know, ye old songbook and, and current songbook and, and doing everything they can to to sort of develop the chants and stuff. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of said I'd I'd like to meet up with them just to discuss a few ideas as well, especially in and around said new cop which we discussed. Um, you know, a lot of the other teams have developed areas where people go for just the song and the TIFOs and just the noise. And then, you know, you don't have sort of families next to them whinging, going, I wish I could move further away, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, each has got got its own environment. So, yeah, it's not 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 quite as, as good as Jacko, but Jacko is very, very inventive in his songs. And, you know, there's some there's some songs he did that I, I can't even tell you what it was to the tune to because I have no idea. We, can we just say that at least we haven't got a, a song to the tune of In the Jungle, The Mighty Jungle, like a yeah. Stockport ad, because I think that was one of the oh, biggest shite. atrocities of a song that I've ever heard in my entire life today. Although today was the only time I've enjoyed singing Stockport Get Battered everywhere they go. I hate that chant, but it was wonderful today. Wonderful. <laughs> Isn't Harry Belafonte from Stockport, though? So that's fair <laughs> enough. <from my book. laughs> it's a very Stockport name, isn't it? Well, let's talk more about what we all want to talk about, which is that 3-0 results. We've got our second very special guest joining us soon. Tommy Kaus is staying with us. That guest is um, Humphrey Carr, Wrexham's executive director. He's very kindly given us his time. Uh, he's just shot back down to London. He'll tell you all about it. But um, in the meantime, Tommy, how big is that? What in terms of the pressure on Stockport now? Because we didn't just beat them. We beat them comfortably, and they were all over the place in that last thirty minutes. They were they they lost the plot. 
Yeah, it was it was a really really good performance from us. Uh, yeah, like just speaking to Tim on the on the spaces before and uh, discussing the game and stuff, and we said, you know, I think first twenty minutes, I think um, I think Stockport were probably the better side. They were probably a little bit unlucky uh, not to go two 0 up. To be fair, pa- Paddy Madden, who I thought was was terrible today, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. good player, but he didn't play well today. Uh, missed a really good chance and. Um, and yeah, and Scott quickly just wasn't at the races at all. But um, but yeah, no, I think after those first twenty minutes, we we were fantastic. And um, and yeah, like like I said before, I mean, it's um, seems crazy to say when we've beaten uh, Stockport three 0 but I actually thought second half we could have gone through the gears a little bit more. I thought we had, you know, we had them at arm's length. There was never any chance. Um, of them getting back into it in that second half. As soon as we scored that third, it was game over. Um, and you know, for a team with the power firepower of Stockport, I think that's um, you know that's kudos to us really. Um, and yeah, I, I just think you know, I, I just I ho- really really hope we do it for obviously for obvious reasons because you know I'm desperate for us to win the league and go up. But but also it'd be such a shame if we sort of go well you know, we blew it earlier in the season because, you know, we really, we really didn't get going until October, November, did we? So, um, you know, it's, it's been so good these last four months. So, and I've really enjoyed watching Wrexham. Yeah. And we're very lucky now that Mr. Carr himself has joined us. How are you? Hello. Very good. How are you? Oh, hello. I'm on mute. Oh, no, you're not. No, oh, you oh no, I'm not. Oh, God. <laughs> an embarrassing start. <laughs> that's fine that's fine don't like you work in uncle. television or something uh, uh, yeah like your old uncle has just come on the zoom oh i'm on mute i can't i, don't, I can't see um, any of you have you come back down to earth yet not really not really i, I mean i i, I mean it, it's funny because i i genuinely truly thought something like this was on the cards um this morning and and uh I kind of, for almost for the first time this season, really kind of came into the race course with a real spring in my step. Normally, I sort of shuffle in, I wander around outside smoking and getting very nervous and sort of not quite sure what to do with myself because there's not a lot for me to do on a match day. You know, I don't have any kind of operational role. Um, and today, I got there really early. I got there about 8.45 and just basically kind of walked around the place feeling very pleased with myself and very... Just, just ready, sort of ready for something like what happened to happen, because I think one of the things that sort of characterised some some of the more disappointing moments of the last few weeks has been a sense of like, right, this is a chance for us to get our noses in front. This is a chance for us to sort of lay, lay claim to to top spot. And today felt as though we were cast a little bit more initially in the role of. We just need to stop Stockport from winning winning the league here. You know, we just whatever happens, we don't want. We were just a little bit again the underdogs, which which is a role that seems to really suit us. It just takes some of the pressure off the team. So I, I really did. I, I really, in hindsight, the great thing is the documentary is going to, provided they don't stitch me up, is going to prove this. Because yesterday I predicted we were going to win three one, um, and I was I was glad to be off by one goal. Uh, that's that's a good effort. That's better than we managed last week anyway. And I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this because I've covered some miles recently following Wrexham, but my last three games have been Bromley, Woking and Boreham Wood. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going up to Wrexham this weekend. And, it, and it's paid off. 
Well, lifetime ban, I think, is what is what you're telling us, and uh, that that can be arranged certainly. Yeah, I, I was once banned from all from all Wrexham FC property for life. Um, I just like to say it lasted a day, but I was once banned from that. That was a badge of honour I wear. You have to tell us that story. <laughs> oh, that was the Gutterman days when I did uh, did a story about how they didn't pay the wages, and yeah, Gutterman decided to 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 ban me for for life. Yeah. But some, unfortunately, someone talked him round, and I got to witness uh, 10, uh, 14 years of uh, conference football and and uh, relegation. <laughs> so yeah, lucky me. Oh yeah, what, what's yeah. the mood in the camp like now then, Humphrey? I know you've shot off down to London, but it, it you know it must be on cloud nine at the moment. Yeah, it was. It was just. It also was. It just felt like such a great ending to to the home campaign. You know, I mean, obviously, we're all hoping we're not going to play there again until until next season, um, and. You know, you couldn't ask for a a better fixture, just in terms of like everyone was going to be up for it and it was going to be exciting, and, and then a better result. So, yeah, everyone everyone was feeling very bullish. I mean, I think you know the reality is Stockport can still and probably should still secure the title by by doing what they need to do in their two games. But it it was just a perfect way for us to go right. Well, if we are back here next time, we're back here. We we last time we were here, we won three nil. You know, against arguably the best, you know, the second best team in the division. Um, so the, it, it, everyone was, yes, everyone was really, I, I was just thrilled for, for everybody, especially, you know, some, some of the guys that were under a bit of pressure in the first 20 odd minutes, you know, um, it, it felt like they were targeting Max Clareth a little bit and, and he was struggling a little bit to start off with and then cleared that one off the line and basically said, right, that's it. I, I'm, I'm going back to being the Max Clareth we've all, sort of come to to watch with increasing awe week in, week out, just taking care of business. I was so pleased for Tyler as well because he was devastated after Boreham Wood and, you know, he really was sort of apologising to everybody else and which I don't think he needed to do. It was was a mistake, but but what he'd done in the previous, whatever it was, 180 minutes or, or 270 minutes odd across those three games was fantastic so I just the clean sheet as much as anything really pleased me because I think we're going to you know come what may between between now and the end of the season without Aaron around we need those guys to step up and, and do what they're going to do and they, they yeah everyone was just smiles uh, uh, yeah as as wide as the D estuary is that does that work is that something that we can we can use I don't know it's a bit chest of that Humphrey to be honest a bit too Chester, yeah. Okay. That's fair. But we get a lot of their seagulls, so it feels like it feels like we get a bit of ownership over that as well. Can you set our mind at ease? Is Ollie Palmer okay? Was it just a bit of cramp? Um, he, se- he seemed extremely okay afterwards. The last time I saw him, he was doing the international gesture for, should we go and get some beers? And I was like, well, he doesn't seem too worried about, about what's going on. He was disappearing off. I think he had a bunch of mates of his up. Uh, who, by the way, have lifetime passes to the race course if, if they're going to inspire him to produce that kind of performance. So, no, he's fine. I mean, I think I think really the idea was just, you know, that classic thing. We've got a few minutes left. He's done his work. Let's get JP on, who we know will run through brick walls for us and chase everything down and just, what you know, worry them, worry their back line, see if he can force a mistake. So, no, I think he's fine. I think, uh, Humphrey, I think you need to talk us through your 
your Paul Mullin goal celebration that you put on Instagram. <laughs> it, look, it looks yes. like you're it looks like you're operating an invisible pneumatic drill. Your sort of hands are going yeah. ten a dozen. Yes. I look a bit like a sort of rock and sock and robot. Um <laughs> that, that that kids game where I'm just pumping away. Yeah, I, well, it, it was you know, I, it, literally 30 seconds before that, Sean Harvey sitting next to me just then turned and was like, right, let's just, you know, we want to get into halftime now. And, uh, you know, that will, this this will do very nicely. And then, yeah, a bit, bit of quick thinking. Bit of, I mean, I saw Phil in his post-match interview saying that was exactly the sort of goal we were looking to score today. There was, there was a sense that they were a bit vulnerable to that sort of thing. And um, yeah, quick, quick thinking, great finish, and I lost, I lost my tiny mind. As we all I do. Think, Good thing. Especially with the significance of that being the goal that sent us top. You know, at that stage, it was like we all knew coming in, we two goals is what was required. Yeah. And then the third is just a lovely bonus. Yeah, I mean, talk about scoring the goals at the right times. I mean, if you take take half time out of it, I think it's two goals in three minutes, wherever it was. So. Yeah. Predatory stuff. Um, I mean, how much of a is it a psychological thing to go top for the first time this season at this stage of the season, or do you think that doesn't really have much bearing on on what's to come in the next seven days? I think it has to be, doesn't it? A little bit because yeah. it 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 just couldn't have come at a better time in a way. I mean, again, admittedly, you sort of wish the season was four or five games longer than it is. You know, maybe we'd taken that taken that position but then as I said some you know Stockport have shown that the pressure that comes with being there and and, ha- and being expected to, to to finish the job it, it maybe maybe this is just exactly what we needed maybe we are going to win this thing on goal difference on the final day um, because we've certainly timed you know the the run since since the Grimsby game Really, Ollie's first start, which I think marks the sort of the the the, the start of this new era. Um, we we've hit form at just the time you want, really. You know, I the other day when I was writing my column for apologies to Tommy for for the leader rival newspaper. Um, they, you know, I kind of went back and I looked at the form guide and was working. You know, again, we are the form team since. You know, if you go back, funny enough, over the last six games, the form team is is Solihull Moors, but over eight games, twelve games, you know, as you go further and further back, it just it's Wrexham all the way. We just we've taken more points than anyone else, and that has to be a good thing. Can you talk us through the ne- your next week, Humphrey? Because it's bonkers, isn't it? And, and but you're making the Dagenham game, obviously. <laughs> yes, it is a bit nuts. So, so two of my best friends are getting married in Danoon in Scotland on Saturday, and I am officiating the wedding. Are so, you? I, yes, yes. So I travelled down to London because my wife gets here on Tuesday. She flies in from from the US. We're not seeing her for a month and a bit. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. And then we go to Newcastle. She is speaking at a BBC comedy conference an audience with Megan Gans um uh tickets still available I don't know I'm not sure um but uh yeah so then we go from Newcastle on Wednesday Thursday we get to Scotland Saturday I perform the wedding and then um it's about 6 a.m on Sunday morning I'm drumming my poor wife out of bed driving back to Glasgow and then flying down to get to Dagenham brilliant Humphrey, is that, is that your wife's first game then? 
No, no, she's been before. I mean, well, she came to a lot of games last season, which obviously was sort of weird because there was no one there. I think it will be her first game with a crowd. Now I wow. come to think of it. Her first Wrexham game with a crowd. I'm trying to think. We, no, 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 that's not true. What am I talking about? She was, she was over in October. So she, she came to Maidenhead and, and Torquay, um, and, which obviously is, a bit, is, is not the ideal. She saw a lot of wins previously, but they tended to be in front of no one. Um, so, yeah, this will be, I'm, I'm hopeful this will be the first game she's seen with a crowd with a win. She's, she's had a bit of both, but not at the same time. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I know Tommy wants to come in, uh, but very briefly, if, if the boys in any more... I've not spoken about this on the podcast yet. Andy knows about it because I did mention it to him. I really want us to win the league for obvious reasons, but I also do because there's been a problem that I've been ignoring all this time, which is that I am away on my stag do in the weekend of the playoff final, which obviously we might, oh. never get, might not get to anyway. And the, the, just to add to the uh, chorus of anger about the location, uh, yes. I land in Heathrow at 2pm. And if it was in Wembley, I could get there in half an hour on Uber, no problem. But it's an hour and 20 from, uh, from uh, Heathrow to West Ham. So if, you could, if we could sort that, I don't know what I'll do. I might have to fly home early. I might even stay out there and watch it in a pub Ooh. in Germany. Well, Who knows? maybe... maybe... If you're flying back from Germany, maybe halfway, just as you cross the channel, just falsify a medical emergency and get them to land at Gatwick. That gets that's you a, a bit closer. That's a great show. Yeah. You want, do you want me to streak, Reese? Because I can probably do a two-hour streak. Oh, yeah. If, we if, get I, to- if, I oil, if I oil myself up, I don't <laughs> think you catch me. You're not Bronson. It's going to cover yourself in butter. <laughs> Tommy's got the uh, he's got the hooligan background, so I'm sure he can get some rabble rousers from somewhere, can't you? Now, hey, come on, let's not go into my past. Now we've delved into my past enough tonight, lads. So um, yeah, we'll leave that one there. I think. But yeah, Tommy, have you got any questions for Humphrey? Yeah, I just wanted to. Well, I I, I did have another question. I'm going to open with this one. Um, you said you're officiating officiating a wedding. Are you a, yeah. uh, an ordained priest or a pastor? No. No, so my friends aren't terribly religious, so they they were very. I'm not even had to do that thing of going on the internet and like becoming a minister of the Unitarian Church of Samoa or whatever it is. So I, I I'm just I'm just like the MC basically for their wedding is 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 sort of probably a better better way of describing it because they met they they were both great friends of mine and they and they met under sort of weird circumstances, which is that that she. He was recommended to her on Instagram as someone she should follow. And she was like, oh, all right, go on then. Um, and then uh, and then he followed her back and they, you know, nature took its course, um, but the internet took its course. And they worked out afterwards the only way they were connected to each other was through me. So many years later, they decided that because I sort of started the process, albeit indirectly, that I should, um, I should do their wedding. So, so I am. And I was so excited about it. And then about two months ago, I was like, oh, my God, that's the day before Dagenham. Um, uh, this is going to involve a lot of travelling, a lot of intense travelling on the day. Well, thank God it's at the Games on Sunday, though. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 and I, early on in the week, for some reason, I got it into my head that it was a 12.30 kickoff again. And I was like, oh, God, oh, no. That, that mean, maybe I have to fly 
late on the Saturday night, you know, I'll just see if I can get like, or get on a train, like a sort of 1am train, sleeper train from Glasgow or something. Um, but then yes, luckily I, I double checked. I was like, all right, 3pm, that's all right. So yeah, my flight lands, I think at one o'clock at Gatwick and then I can get, we're going to get on, on ta- taxis there. I'm going to try and stuff my suitcases into Ewan's kit van um, so that they're secure. Dang it, so I'm not wandering into their boardroom being like, oh, is there anywhere I could put a giant suitcase, please? <laughs> um, and uh, yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. It was, you know, that was the scene of, you know, one of my least enjoyable days in this whole process last year. So yeah. the idea that there's even a chance that we could sort of exercise those demons in the same place it definitely appeals to my my love of narrative and storytelling. Yeah, definitely, and the uh, and the documentary as well. Can you can you give us any any exclusive on uh, when we can start seeing something from that, or your lips sealed? Uh, uh, this this summer, I would say this like in in the, the the height of this summer. So it's really not very. I mean, it's only a few months away. I would say there was there was a one stage. Um, there was there was some talk they want to start putting it out in May. Um, which I was a bit horrified by because I just thought that might be a little bit, depending on how the rest of the season goes, it might be a bit early to start showing, you know, behind the scenes and and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yes, I've heard I've heard um, before August was the last I heard, but it oh. does change quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, and it, and it, obviously that those last couple of episodes presumably will be very much subject to change at the moment. I mean, they um, are they are being shot today i mean that was that was probably episode nine or something is was happening today so Brilliant. yeah we, we're all living we are living through the, the the end of the season humphrey there's something we were talking about before before you came on and it's something that's going to uh, come out more to, uh, tomorrow really but it's the it's the campaign to try and help get the cop stand built which i know yeah i know sponsors sort of uh, leading and you know it's, it's quite it's quite important. You know, we had a quick word with Tommy, who's you know Daily Post, are really helping to spearhead this campaign. I'm just wondering how 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 important you feel that is that you know we can North Wales can get get behind getting a getting that four stand. And you know we were talking about how good the atmosphere was today. Imagine imagine if that that atmosphere was in a four sided ground with another five thousand yeah. people sitting. Yeah, I mean that that is the the dream. You know. Well, to take to take the the second part first. I mean, the idea. You know, we had ten thousand one hundred eighteen or whatever it was today, and that was we were crammed into to the gunnels. So there was not. I think if we'd had space, we would have sold more tickets, but we we don't. So so we didn't. Um, so you know, the prospect of being able to increase the capacity is something we're, we're incredibly excited about. I mean, in terms of the campaign any and all help is incredibly welcome because we're doing everything we can and, and as are the council and Welsh government and everybody to kind of get this leveling up fund bid into, into the best possible position. And I think that one of the great things about, about the campaign is that it, it, it's a reminder that it's not just a football club thing, really. I mean, it, on it's very easy on a, on a, superficial level to go like oh well it's a stand for the football club and the football club will use it and it, it is but if we achieve everything that we want to with this one of the biggest things is it, is it restores the oldest international stadium in the world to international standards you know FAW have, have been really helpful to us on this and they've made commitments to us that say that 
you know, they will they will stage competitive fixtures here. Like realistically, probably, you know, if it's France or Germany in in a in an important uh, um, World Cup qualifying campaign, those will probably go to bigger venues because because they just they need to make sure they've got enough tickets. But they've said to us that you know, if we're also playing. Uh, you know, Andorra or Lithuania or, or you know, even Switzerland, say, uh, then then the race course would absolutely be part of the rotation for that because I think they recognise what an extraordinary asset it is to have, an extraordinary heritage asset to have, yeah, the oldest international football stadium in the world. And and a reward for those fans, like, uh, you know, I'm thinking of Tommy and Tim in particular, who regularly right. slept down to the south. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, it, you know, it is, yeah, it, it's ultimately, I can understand why, well, first of all, I mean, literally there are, there are FIFA regulations, or not FIFA, UEFA regulations mean that it, it, you know, they can't really stage games at the race course at the moment, which actually is less to do with the three-sided nature of it than it is to do with the, the standards of the changing rooms and, and the fact we don't have a media room. But that's all built into our plans is that, is that, you know, as the COP is done, we will, we're actually revamping our changing, uh, the, the dressing rooms this summer um, to bring them up to standard and um, just sort of, of our own volition because we want to improve our medical setup there and our, our recovery gym and, and all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, it's, it's, there's all sorts of things that we can do and, and, and to make it a place where, yeah, as you say, people don't have to go down south, they don't have to travel they can watch international Welsh football here and what is really the home of Welsh football. Well said. Um, can I ask you, you're probably not going to be able to answer this, and I ask fair enough, I understand why, but um, Ryan and Rob must have a little bit of a dilemma now in terms of when they come over. This has made things very difficult. Mm. We could theoretically win the league at Dagenham. Yeah. Yes, yeah, don't worry. Those conversations started about 45 seconds after the end of the game. I was like, <laughs> uh, now, we thought we had a bit of a plan. Does this change the plan? I'm not sure. What's the plan? So, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, I think those discussions are ongoing. I mean, because the reality is if they come to Dagenham and we don't win the title, can they spend a month in the UK? Because because that would effectively be what it would sort of require in some yeah. ways, or at least you'd be over every weekend for a month. Um, so, yes, I think that those debates, I, I suspect... Those debates probably going on with Mrs. McElhenney and Mrs. Mrs. Reynolds um, as we speak as to <laughs> can I can I go and watch my football team for a whole month? Um, so <laughs> we, we will see. Yeah, that, Humphrey, that's fair uh, Humphrey, what's what's uh, do, you, do you know sort of Ryan and Rob's schedule at the moment? Because I know Ryan's taking a little bit of a break, but is is Rob sort of in between Mythic Quest and and so um, not always- not yet. Not yet. So, so Mythic Quest has been going. Mythic Quest started, we started writing Mythic Quest on December the 4th. And I finished, uh, well, we theoretically finished doing that on, right before the, whatever, before the Eastleigh game, April or something. Um, but that, in actuality, they were still in the room. My, my, the deal had always been that I would come over as soon as I was done. And in the end, I sort of left basically before they finished writing. Um, so that kept going simultaneously to them shooting. They've got one more week of filming that. But I think Rob is, again, one of the joys of being the boss in both places is that he can sort of go, eh, all right, everyone, uh, everyone gets a week off because um, I'm a good and generous boss and not because it suits me very nicely and I want to fly to the other side of the world. So that's sort of the reason why he's not been 
back over as much. Like Ryan has had the has had the um, has had the luxury of coming and you know came came for that one off visit to film the one P password one password or whatever it was thing and also came to the the trophy semi final and Rob is just absolutely champing at the bit to come so. Yes, I, I, I've no idea whether we're really, truly, whether he's going to come next weekend. But I think if he can make it work, he he would come in a heartbeat. And how how were they today? I'm guessing they were. I'm guessing the WhatsApp group was uh, going bonkers. It was, as the kids say, jumping. Yes, yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, yeah, it was pretty great. They actually, because it was on BT Sport this time, that that sort of messes with that. The, they then try to log in. It's very naughty, I shouldn't say this, via, via VPN laptops into BT Sports logins that we have so they can watch the games from there. But they, I couldn't get them working today. So the first 15 minutes, I was like sweating bullets because they were both being like, I can't get on, I can't get on. What's happening? What's I, When's it? What's going on? And I sort of, for some reason, it falls to me to try and troubleshoot their their IT issues. Um, but yeah, in the end, they, they basically weren't weren't able to watch it um, and then couldn't work out how to despite me telling them 15 times you need to log into Wrexham player um, so you can you can listen to the the club commentary couldn't couldn't get on there and in the end I think in in despair I sent I shouldn't say this but I sent Rob a link to the BBC Wales coverage so I think he was listening he was listening to Chris and uh, and um, and co uh, on there Brilliant. Well, I, I feel their pain. I, I was trying to do it from Serbia a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had to get yeah. a, I had to get a hooky stream in the end. Um, but I, I am a paid up member of BT Sport. I just couldn't make the VPN work. No, that's that's listen. I'm I, I, I BT Sport can go screw. I'm not in charge of them. They can do it. They, they, I'm not bothered. <laughs> the only thing I say, Humphrey, I said to Ryan Rob, is you wouldn't steal a car, would you? So you shouldn't. BT Sport are listening uh... to this. I, I hold no. Get, get no a load of it, IT, old ITV company man. <laughs> so, We're not having this again, right? Any any more <laughs> questions? Any more questions for Humphrey before we boot him off? Because he's been very uh, kind to give us his time, and he's had a long schlep down to London. Humphrey, just in terms of sort of, I know you're quite a, a an optimistic guy, but in terms of your wildest yeah. dreams, did you have any idea how sort of, I guess. You're talking about narrative, how storied this season would be. Because since, for me, since day one, it's just been an absolute roller coaster, some absolutely insane highs. Yeah, I, I do you know what the a- absolute truth is, and this is this is quite embarrassing, but but um, I feel like I'm amongst friends. At one stage, I remember saying to my wife, like, I'm just worried that like we'll just cream everybody in the league and it won't be that interesting. It'll be like we'll be like Manchester City and no, there'll be nothing fun about it, and and it'll be. You know, everyone will be like, oh, Wrexham, like big money Wrexham, they're no fun. Uh, how naive I was. Um, uh, you know, I think that was part of what I loved about today was that just turning up at the stadium, you just felt that like that energy that comes from like, you know what, it, it's just great to be involved in a game like this, you know, sort of irrespective of the result. This time last year, we were sort of trying to limp into the into the playoffs and we were kind of struggling. You know, we we were missing I know I always say this on the podcast but like having missing Kwame we kind of we were a bit disjointed and we were doing our best and gold had come in and and given his all and put in a big shift and we kind of tried to do what we could the the idea you know juxtaposing that and of course there were no fans so the whole thing always feels a bit less 
a bit more pointless without fans. You kind of you end up being like, why you know why why are we even doing this? And um, to then have a thing like today where it was just from, from as I say from sort of nine o'clock in the morning, there were people lining up outside the club shop and waiting for players to arrive, waiting for Phil and Lee and Steve to arrive, and you just got that sense of like this is this is everything we dreamt of. Really, it, it, it was just having a full stadium, having a great team, and beating you know, um, our, one of our big title rivals at home 3-0. You can't ask for much more than that. I've got a question as well. Tim, you go first, because I want to play Humphrey a hospital ball at the end. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm just going to play straight down the middle. Um, your player of the season is? Oh, great question. Do you know, I think I'm going to say, this is, I'm going to be a real football hipster here, and I'm going to say Max Clower. It's a very hipster vote because, you know, Paul, Paul has delivered everything we, we hoped for, but we dreamt of and we expected in a way. Um, uh, same with Ollie. I mean, Ollie, I think, has surpassed expectations. But, but as I think I said to you guys before, or if I haven't, excuse me, I've said it in various places, but, but you know, in October, when Rob and Ryan Rover we, and we sat down and met with Phil to talk about January, he was like, Ollie Palmer. Ollie Palmer's the main, the main one. He's the one we want. Um, there are other people who can, you know, similar profile or whatever, like that's, that's the guy, that's the guy that makes everything work. So I was expecting him to come in and be brilliant. Jordan has, you know, gone on to another level this season, but, but there were all those, you know, we had high expectations of him. I think when Harry went out injured, he'd been one of our best players in the first 15, 20 games of the season. I mean, I think he is, there's no question he is, he is a league one and possibly championship quality player when he's fit. And so when he went down, I was devastated because, you know, that just seemed like such a huge loss at that point. And Max has just dealt with absolutely everything that, that has been thrown at him. He's such a nice lad. He's such a great professional. I mean, I know that Phil and Steve and, you know, uh, they are all so high on on Max and so impressed by him. And I thought, you know, as I said today, that he, well, time and again this season, he has been targeted by other teams to be like, well, let's, you know, we can bully him. We can, he's, he's young, he's inexperienced. And he's just, he's just come through again and again and again and again. He also scored an unbelievable goal against Gloucester City or whoever it was. Yeah, that was um, stonker to be fair. So, yeah. There's there's a lot of people that I think are eligible, you know, are, are, are great shouts for this. But I'm I'm going with Max. Well, Before, well, well go on, Tim. Yeah, just just the sort of part B to that was was that in very much the club's thinking when he was when he was signed to a long term deal because whether that comes from Phil and Steve, yeah, where, I don't know. I mean, there's, surely there's something that says right. It, it's all very well keeping the jewels in our team, the Jordans, the Pauls, etc. Et yeah, but in terms of Unearthing a diamond like him, you know, from from within that system, it was very important to keep him. And then, you know, we've seen players loaned out for experience, but clearly they've seen something in him that says, you know what, he's probably got something about him that he can. Well, I think he has done. I think he, he really impressed in pre-season, you know, and and the feeling was he went to Carnarvon last year and did great, but yeah. it's that challenge where. You're sort of, you know, trying to work out where the best place is to put someone for them to gain the maximum benefit. You know, the the, the obviously Jake Bickerstaff went to Nantwich this year, did has done really well. 
I know that that Phil is keen on him. thinks thinks there's there's a good player there. Um, just needs you know a bit more experience playing playing men's football. Um, so you know, and, and Max is a similar case. I think I think in, in, yeah, in preseason everyone was very impressed. So the feeling was like yeah, we should like this guy's a, he's really one for the future. And then circumstance made him the guy for now, and he has grasped that opportunity with with both hands. And isn't letting go. Yeah, absolutely. Before Andy throws him his hospital pass, just quickly, how is Harry Lennon? Is he is he okay? How is he getting on? So he's still in, in a kind of long-term recovery situation, unfortunately. So, um, you know, obviously we're not going to see him again this season. He seems in good spirits whenever I see him. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I think we've been, not to blow our trumpet collectively to, too hard, but... One of the things we've been able to do this year is, you know, in Kevin Mulholland and in, and in his the rest of his medical team, we've been able to put together a kind of support staff there that really are kind of as good as as anything, you know, I think outside the Premiership. I mean, I mean, uh, Kev was the head head at Southampton. He's the head at Republic of Ireland, head physiotherapist. Like he's he really really knows what he's doing, um, and I think that the confidence that instills in the players that are doing their recovery, the long term recovery like Harry, like Ryan Austin, um, you know, Aaron, to a certain extent now, uh, you know, they they have done... I mean, Luke was out, was out for three months at one stage and came back after six weeks because, uh, um, you know, obviously Luke has got that determination and that, and that, that sort of single-mindedness. You know, apparently he was, he was doing the icing, heating thing. You know, wh- whenever I've been told to do that, when I hurt myself when I was younger, I'd do it for about 20 minutes in the morning and be like, this is boring. And he apparently he's just like did it for hours a day and just got himself back out there. So Harry, you know, I, I, I don't know what the exact timeline is now. We uh, try not to kind of put too much pressure on that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it's something that that is being kind of worked on all the time. But yeah, I saw him today and he seemed in good spirits. He was getting razzed by, by Rob Langton. Before I, I, I do my uh, ask my question, I, I just think one one last thing on Max. I just think it's very it's very it's very fortunate actually that when you're trying to revamp a youth system and trying to sort of g up like a centre of excellence, which maybe is, is has not had the the funding for the last couple of years, it's so in key to have someone to come in through the youth team and you can show sort of parents this is your route to the first team. And I, I sort of yeah. wonder if Max can be sort of the poster boy for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I think it's um, you know Jordan. Jordan has a certain amount of that, of, that, of that quality, or a huge amount of that quality. But obviously, there is the part of his, his story is that he went to Brighton and then came back. You know, Max. I think in the way he conducts himself, in the way he's played, in the way that he's like taken his opportunity, you couldn't ask for a better kind of role model for those guys that are two or three years younger than him that are on the peripheries or, or, you know, the first year pros that we've, we've signed up this year. Um, you know, there, there is someone right there who is showing you like, yeah, I, I, I came, I've done exactly the same, had the same coaching as you, same training, same opportunity. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm playing in front of 10,000 people while we stop, stop for. Humphrey, you can only have one. Liverpool winning the Champions League or Wrexham getting promoted? Oh, Wrexham getting promoted? Like, no questions. Oh, I mean, that that is, that's yeah. even... Hesitancy. But, 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 I mean, that is true, truly, you know, Liverpool, um, 
you know, drew, I was about to say lost. They drew the other night against Tottenham. And I was like, mm, okay. Because it, 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 there's this speed. Once, as soon as you get involved with this, as soon as it becomes like your job and your life and your something that you spent hours and hours working towards, I, I, yeah, I, I would, uh, you know, if, if Seth Blatter appeared out of a bush behind my, my, my hotel tomorrow and was like, oh, I can make it the Wrexham win fairly. Um, but, but, but Liverpool lose. I'd be like, yeah, sure, sign me up. I've seen Liverpool win the title. I've seen them win the Champions League. I was at, it was in Istanbul when they won in 2005. So I, I would, I, yeah, no questions. Just for Torquay winning on Wednesday. Not even guaranteeing <laughs> us the title. I think someone said Torquay can win, but Liverpool, uh, yeah, no Champions League. We're like, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, well, this is how it starts, mind. Uh, and also top-level mm. football's rubbish anyway, unless we get there. So <laughs> yes, until we're there, it's all overpaid prima donnas. But when we get there, then they're sweet heroes. Right, we, we've all had last questions. So Tommy and Liam, sorry, Humphrey, your time is so valuable to us. I know you're you're in a hotel, but you are no, not at all. You, you, you walk among us like a god among men. So Tommy and Liam, any <laughs> any last thoughts? Oh, Thomas disappeared, uh, and Andy's doing something. Look, like, uh, uh, what, what is going on here? Everyone's Andy, looks like, to... Andy looks like Seth Blatter who's just come out. Of the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I had an attack of two Jack Russells just running in. So uh, yeah, I did. I did try to explain to my uh, eight-year-old Jack Russells. I'm on a call with Humphrey Kerr, but no, they didn't really. Uh, yeah, they don't care. They're not into no. it. But uh, no, I, I I did enjoy the um, the set blatter analogy, Humphrey. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, thank you. Just one very very quick one. Um, just in terms of. Uh, you know, I think you say you haven't really been involved in football clubs and stuff in the past. Mm. Every, uh, you know, how's it been? Being obviously, you're on um, you're on both sides of the fence. You're speaking to the players regularly and stuff like that, but obviously involved in uh, you know a lot of the uh, behind the scenes stuff, boardroom stuff. Um, you know, just just if you could sum it up, just these last twelve oh, to eighteen months. Well, it's, I mean, really, it's, I, I can't think of anything better than a real cliche, but like, it has been a dream come true. Like, I, I, the, the thought of getting to do something like this has been, you know, when, when my wife and I go out for dinner and we, we've been married for seven years and we've got nothing to talk about anymore and we're like, oh, God, we need to, we need to find something to talk about. We, you know, we do those games. We're like, well, what if, okay, if you could snap your fingers and do any other job or snap your fingers and, or you win 100 million uh, quid on the on the Euro Millions, like what are you what are you spending it on first, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I would always say if I could snap my fingers and do any other job, it'd be be a foot be a professional footballer. Um uh, and you know if I won a hundred million quid, I would buy a football team. And th- so whilst given that I am absolute garbage at actually playing football, that was probably never on the cards. Uh so so this is you know the the, the single best thing about it for me that, that is, is a, a thing that I will take with me to the end of my days is the sensation of walking into the race course wearing the badge and feeling like I'm you know that is that's my badge that's something that I've earned in a, in a, in a way I mean I don't know I've earned it yet but it sort of was handed to me a little bit but the, the feeling that like oh I what I do helps advance the cause of this badge um, that that's a really special feeling because I, I'm the biggest full kit wanker in the history of mankind. And we would always, always get, just absolutely pile into the Liverpool club shop and get like training wear and like sort of embarrassing, like, oh yeah, I think I could pull off these three quarter, three quarter length Capri pant training <laughs> trousers when I'm walking around town. 
I, I cannot. Um, so, you know, the, the idea that like, oh yes, this is, I've, I am a part of this. Being, being a fan, the best thing about being a fan is being part of something. And then in doing this job, I get to do that, but sort of times five, which is just the best. I love it. Just one last one from me, Humphrey, and that was, if you can you think of a moment where where you really understood what what Wrexham means to this town, what it means to the fans? Is there anything you've witnessed in your time where you thought, I get it, I see what you know this is about? I think it'll be. You know, I think it'll be genuinely, I think it'll be a challenge for me. I think I'll continue learning that as time goes on because I am new. You know, I, I haven't lived through those, the, the dark days. I, I wasn't part of it when we dropped out of the league. It, it, it's not in my DNA. But I'll say that, like, you know, today, as I said, about an hour before kickoff, a lady kind of, I was furtively smoking around the back of the, the pod. And, um, a lady came up to me and, and, you know, with kind of tears in her eyes and said, like, I, you know, I, this, I've been coming here for 50 years and I, you know, went through some really difficult times, actually gave up my season ticket because I got such bad anxiety. And I, I, someone persuaded me to talk to Kerry about going into the, into the, into the kind of quiet section that we have in the Mold Road stand. And, and it, it, you know, she just was so, you just realised that, again, it's, Football clubs are are so much more than that. You know, they're they're homes for people. They're they're tribes for people. They're places that you know nourish people and lift them up and support them and get them through dark times and and punctuate the best times of people's lives. And you know, those moments when people come up to me and or, you know, I, I, on the train, I, I met a, a couple of fellas from London Reds and the, the two, with two Norwegian lads who come over for games. Um, and uh, we got chatting and then when I got out at Euston two more people came past and gave me an up the town you know you just all the time I find I, I've been so, felt so welcomed by people um, because ultimately we want the same thing which is which is the success for the football team so so it's I, I think I'll, I'll always be adding more understanding of that but but ultimately you know, I, every day, I, you know, someone gives me a thumbs up in Sainsbury's or whatever. It feels, it feels like you're part of something very special. What a great note to end on. And Humphrey, we'll let you go. It's late. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, best of luck this week. And in thank your you. To get down to and, Dagenham. I'd say also thank you guys for like banging the drum this week. You know, to, 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 to there was, uh, I heard you making fun of Andy for being a cheerleader. But I think, you know, the crowd today were sensational. So every little bit we did to get people cheered up, I think made a difference and, and gave us this one last exciting roll of the dice on Sunday. Definitely. And we'll keep that momentum going for the playoffs. If that happens, though, we all hope that it won't. But yeah, thanks, Humphrey. Uh, up the town. Lovely. Thanks, everybody. Up the town. Take care. Cheers, Humphrey. Thank you for bye, that. Bye, bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Take care. Um, Quick question, lads. Which Wrexham player would you like to officiate your wedding? I'm going to go for Ben Tozer because I think the bouquet launch at the end would be quite interesting. Hmm. Wow. Um, I'm going to have to say someone shorter than Ben Tozer, so I don't know, like a midget. Uh, who's short? Jordan Day. Bryce Hosanna. There you go. Okay. You can't have Brian Flynn. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
I'd have Cleworth just because he looks like a page boy as well. So he could be like, you know, he could he could cover various pieces. I'd say Super Paul Mullin, but I think I might end up marrying him instead. So yeah, I'll, I'll still go for him. What would Glenn Little say to that? Well, you know, man's got a big heart for for many people. <laughs> frapple, you could be a frapple. <laughs> anyway, a few in Daily Star, we do oh, a lot. Oli Palmer, of yeah, just just put it out there, Ollie Palmer. I, I, don't feel the uh, the need to uh, disclose my reasons why. <laughs> I think it Ollie speaks for itself. Ollie Pam walks away with the bride to be. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, he'd kiss you like uh, like Paul Mellon, I, I imagine. <laughs> His tickly chin. Anyway, a few. Uh, we'll wrap this up because it's been quite a long one. But a few interesting little tidbits there. The documentary will be out by July, uh, hopefully. Uh, and we might be seeing Ryan and Robert Dagenham. Who knows? Uh, any thoughts on that? And some of these voices might be in that documentary. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Watch this space. What, Jim Davidson? He's doing the voiceover. <laughs> I've lost oh, okay. it. That's gone. Right, we're all we're all tired and delirious. All we got to do, Andy, we got to do predictions, haven't we? Tommy, you can do you can do predictions and as well. And if you get it right, they count to my points because I'm I definitely no, come back. Right, can can we before we do predictions? And I, I, I'll be honest, um, I don't have the, my little black book in front of me because I'm in Pentai. I, I said four two, so I was the closest. So you know. All right, okay. Well, that's fair enough. I think I think Reese. I, I I went for a win. I went. Did yeah, I go so did one? I. So oh, no, I don't okay. think he did. I went for a win as well. I think we're the same. So I think I'm six points behind you or something. Liam went for yeah. a loss. I yeah, did. Liam yeah. went for a loss. I was. So, Look, we're getting to the stage now, Reese, where we have to pick your forfeit. As the guest on this, Tommy, do you have an idea? <laughs> yeah, put it to the guest. What what, what we could do to Reese? Forfeit Wednesday, so facial tattoos are allowed. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, you know, like I th- I think just staying with the theme, it should be something teeth related. He was delighting in your downfall, so maybe we should like pull out one of his back teeth or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's very hostile. <laughs> that took a dark turn. It's like Marathon Man. Listen, a, a lot a lot worse things than that happened in Swansea. He'll be fine. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Um, okay. Readers, please Tweet, tweet the fearless in devotion. What should we do? What should we do to to Reese? I don't really want to pull his teeth out or castrate him. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, somewhere in between, sort of uh, pulling my teeth out, castrating me, and I don't know nothing. But nearer the nothing scale than that, I would say. I was going to say, somewhere in between those two things, it's still pretty. It's pretty extreme. Right. Anyway. 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 Um, let's let's do predictions, Andy. Just uh, just the one game, yeah. Yeah, just the one game. Right. Oh, come on. We've got to do it. We've come this far. They were so good today. They've got a week's rest. That team needed a bit of rest. It will get it. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three-one. Wrexham. Reese. I'll go two-one. Wrexham. Why are you doing that, mate? You have to catch me. Oh yeah, okay, one all. That would be that also one all would be the most Wrexham result of all time next week because Dagenham need to win as well to get into the playoffs. So that would just please nobody other than Stockport. So I'll go one all. Liam. Two nil Wrexham. Tim. Two nil the town. Tommy. One nil Dagenham. 
Castrate him. <laughs> I'll, I'll pull my own teeth out, lads. <laughs> right. Well, on, on that bombshell, thanks all for listening, and we'll we'll uh, be speaking with you next Sunday night, month slash Monday morning, when who knows we could be champions. Oh, by the fanzine, by the fanzine, it's out now. By the fanzine. Fearless.wales, go online, buy that stuff. Thank you very much. No start up the town. Bye. Bye. See you.